0: You're listening to the Broncos Audio Zone. This is Horse in a with Broncos insider Andrew Mason. Oh my gosh! Each week, Mace takes you inside the Denver Broncos. I like it! Players, <laughs> coaches, insiders. Let's go! And of course, with a twist only Mace can provide.
1: Buddy Duddies!
0: Now, here's Orange and Blue 760's Andrew Mason.
1: All right, folks, Andrew Mason, Ryan Edwards of Orange and Blue 760 here in the Broncos Stadium at Mile High Press Box. This has become the autopsy report, unfortunately.
0: Yeah, I mean, look, right now this one this one hurts me a little i mean this one's a little more frustrating than some of the other ones we've had and I, I don't i don't exactly know what to say about the way they lost this game because you know i'll tell you what i'll say the coaching let them down in this one i mean there, there's no way around it right now they they the decision to kick a 62 yard field goal and the waning moments of of the first half uh, put you in a position where it was going to be a short field opportunity for Deshaun Watson and the offense to get in field goal range, and uh, you basically gave a six-point swing there, and you lost by three. So uh, that's tough. Uh, some of the play calling down the stretch, I mean, they were converting those fourth downs. It was really impressive, but at the same time, um, yeah, I, I sit here in this one, and and I, I'm frustrated because you see Clay, Case Keenum plays a clean game. Your defense was getting to Deshaun Watson. They get four sacks on him. They played really well and, uh, I mean, you, you lose a turnover battle by one, and, yeah, that, that touchdown, I mean, that, that turnover by Booker led to a touchdown, but in the end, uh, you know, you lose minus one. That, that shouldn't be everything. You had
1: plenty of other chances. Let me just go through some of the ways that the Broncos should have won this game. <sighs> okay. Have yes. Okay. <laughs> they had more first downs, 19-17. to More total yards, 348-290. to more yards per play, 5.4 to 4.8. Better an average per carry. Case Keenum had a clean game. No turnovers. Yep. Broncos had a good pass rush. They had four sacks. Houston had two. Explosive plays, 20-plus plays. Broncos had five. Houston had one. And yet they lost the game. And like you said, it's not hard to pinpoint where. Because you look at two sequences, end of each half. End of the first half, 22 seconds remaining. 62-yard attempt for Brandon McManus instead of punting. They go for the field goal. He misses. Houston capitalizes. Houston had two timeouts. Only need a couple of completions to move into Fairbarn field goal range. Bada-bing, bada-boom, 13-7. and Timeout, timeout, field goal. Halftime, you're up six instead of three. And then at the end of the game... When you've gotten out of 2nd and 25, the offense has really earned all sorts of trust at that point by rallying from that. After being in 1st and 25, you had Case Keenum, and I think I said 2nd and 25, so my bad, 1st and 25. So you're in 1st and 25, Keenum hits Tim Patrick for 17-17. He had the drop by Sanders, and then Sanders recovers with the 18-yard catch, and then another five-yard pass to Jeff Hireman. And then at that point, the 32-yard line, the Broncos decide we're good. Instead of continuing to drive to a better chance at success on the field goal, they stand Pat with a 51-yarder. Brandon McMass misses wide right. And the thing is, when they stood Pat, After the Hireman catch, they had 43 seconds left. They had one timeout left. There was the opportunity to get more yards, and they didn't take it, and McManus misses. And, look, you can go through the numbers and show, and you can see how the likelihood of success Mm -hmm. obviously increases the closer you get. You can't be satisfied with a 50-yard field goal. you got to get that thing to 40 or preferably even 30 to feel good about your shot.
0: Yeah, really frustrating there. They're huddling up, they're running time, and Case Keenum talked about it a little bit in the press conference. Just sort of said they had a target line in mind, and you know he he just was kind of running the plays. You know, I mean as far as they were doing that, they had a target line in mind. They got in field goal range, and rather than increasing the percentages with plenty of time on the clock and timeouts uh they well at least a timeout they opted to uh run clock and not give i guess Deshaun watson and the texans any time but the problem with that is you know at that point the texans are playing for what you're playing for they're playing for you missing the field goal you're playing to make the field goal and win the game there there wasn't going to be time one way or the other so i'm not exactly sure what what the mindset was there for the coaching staff but uh, you know i mean that in the parlance of what we're going to be talking tomorrow that's a throw your hat moment uh, among several that happened in the game, and that one proved costly. I, look, you you go five, ten yards closer. Let's just say five yards. Let's just say you could just get a. I mean, the percentages increase, increase as you sort of talked about there. So uh, that that for me is uh, what what, what could you say uh, from a coaching staff that is uh, is used to close losses? You'd feel like you'd want to give yourself as many percentage point chances to improve your odds as you possibly could, and the, the Broncos opted not to do that. It's just baffling.
1: You look at the close losses. The Broncos have now lost six of their last seven since a 2-0 start, and they lost by four to Kansas City, three to the Rams, seven to Kansas City, and now two to the Texans. Will Parks said something profound last week, and it applied again this week. I brought it up to him and and he got really emotional. A lot of guys were emotional after this loss. But he said last week, we're close, but we're not getting closer. Mm. And I feel like that is the most profound and accurate assessment of the Broncos right now. They're close, but they're not getting any closer.
0: That's perfect. Uh, that, that's exactly what it is. And I asked Vaughn in the post-press conference sort of about that. Like, I mean, how, how do you... What do you put your finger on? Why why is this team continually just coming up short? And he's like, "Look, man, if I could put my finger on it, I would have done it already." He's like, "You know, for me, it's it, this is Vaughn's words. He said it's situational. You know, we, you know, where Brandon McManus missed that sixty-two yarder, it's on the defense there to stop them from getting back into field goal range. Now, uh, knowing that you missed the sixty-two yarder, it's a short field to get in range. Now they got closer than they, you know, they, they were in range before they had the big completion. But uh, he he's right." And yet, at the same time, I I, I guess for for well, my response to be with Devon would be yeah, but but you were put in that position with your backs against the wall unnecessarily, and that that for me is where the frustration kind of comes in uh, about this that specific loss. And you know, I saw I just saw a quote from uh, Chris Harris kind of float across the wire, just how he said we're we 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 play with too tight of a margin to have anything like that happen. And you know what? It feels like right now with this team, the whole we play—it's too tight of margins. It's wearing on them, and and that's where I I see some of the breakdowns happening. Look, they they uh, they played a good game today. I mean, they didn't play a great game, but they played a good game. Good enough to win. Yeah, absolutely. But but when you play with such tight margins continuously, knowing that the slightest mistake could be the death nail in the game, I, I mean, how do how do teams maintain a certain level of excellence at all, or or even a certain level of competitiveness. They've maintained the competitiveness, but the reality is, just like Will Park said, they're close, but they're not any closer.
1: And how do you get closer? Especially now when you're looking at this team being very banged up. They were without Royce Freeman today. They're expecting him back after the bye. Brandon Marshall, same thing. Bradley Roby, same thing. But now you look on the offensive line, and you're potentially going to be without Matt Paradis for a long time and you're already without Ron Leary. You're losing your leaders, your core guys, left and right. Jared Valdier did return today, and I thought played reasonably well, uh, given that he was facing one of the better pass rushes in the league. But you talk about leaky boat syndrome, and it just seems like it's multiplying right now. It's spreading.
0: Right, and they don't really have an answer uh, for it ultimately, and and I can't say I blame him because, like I said, Case Keenum played a clean game. It's the first one of the season.
1: We kept saying that,
0: and, and he finally did it. That. And he finally did it. And of course, it was a close game as a result of it. If he would have had a a back-breaking turnover in the second half, then that would have been the death nail. The Devonte Booker fumble ended up leading to a touchdown for the Texans. That was pretty r- rough, but again, early enough in the game. They survived it. They had gave themselves a chance. Too many three and outs. I mean, I don't, I don't have the final count on me right now of how many three and outs, but uh, too many three and outs today, that, that's something at home you, you simply can't do.
1: I've got it right here. You knew I would. I know you would. <laughs> You've got a three and out on the opening possession, uh, a possession without a first down, third series. That was a Devontae Booker fumble. A three and out after that, and then two three and outs in the first, in the second half. So that is five possessions of eleven in which you failed to generate a first down. Brutal. You can't can't get by with that. Houston, by comparison, had four possessions. So the Broncos' defense did a good job containing them. They did better as the game went on. Really, after that first drive when Houston marked 75 yards in eight plays with the passes to Demarius Thomas propelling them, after that, Houston had a couple of drives of over 50 yards, one ended in a turnover on downs, one ended in field goal. Their touchdown drive was only 22 yards. So the Broncos, after the first drive, kept them bottled up. Again, the defense sacked Deshaun Watson four times. Usually, that has been something that has put them, the Texans, in some trouble. The defense did its job after the first series. Played well enough to win. Got the Broncos the ball back twice with quick stops. Uh, one on one drive, they allowed a couple of first downs, but got the ball, Broncos the ball back with three twenty nine. You know, the defense did what it was supposed to do. It gave the offense opportunities. And look, then the offense had the drive. Look. Until they put the stop sign up at the 32-yard line, that drive was good enough to win.
0: 100%. Yeah, when I mean, look at that 14 plays. 14 plays, 68 yards, knowing yeah, no, I I I see it. And and knowing of course that the game is on the line, but your defense gave you the ball with 3:29 remaining. It all seemed like it was lining up. And you know what? I think in the end of this thing, you realize good teams do close these games out and that's that's the stark reality for the Broncos is that one way or another uh whether or not they're going to have a better record than the 5 and 11 that they had last year I believe they will but whether or not the, the team is not a good team right now and they they lose close they're they're not a bad team see that's what I think that's the real realization also is they're not a, they're not a bad team. They're an team you're an average team and and an average team with expectations, or at least they had expectations come into the season, to be much better, much improved. And, and I don't want to go orange slices on you for a moment here, but if they do get to eight wins, after going five wins last year, you say, well, that's improvement. Is it enough improvement for this for this fan base? No. I mean, it's not even close.
1: It's a better team than it was last year, and I know people are maybe frustrated. I know I see the text coming in here you know, head coach, GM issues. Look, the GM, the personnel side, they got, they made sure this team got better in the offseason. This team is more talented than it was last year. It had such a good draft that you could afford to trade your number two all time receiver mm-hmm. knowing that you could replicate the production. And Cortland Sutton really did replicate that today. He had some nice catches. Yeah, I mean. Bradley, Bradley Chubb is having one of the best seasons any rookie pass rusher ever has. He's one of six guys all time with eight sacks in his first nine games for his team of that regular season, joining five others, including Von Miller and Mike Kroll, who had a big rookie year back in 1991 for the Broncos. Your team is better. Your roster is better. You've gone from getting bombed week after week, as they were last year, to now losing close games. But the question is, can this team get over the top and actually start finishing these things? Maybe they can, but unless you somehow go 7-0 and after the bye, no. it's probably too late to save this season.
0: No, that's that's almost exactly what it is. And I think the, the really pressing question becomes whether we have this question answered now or we start answering this question towards the end of the season is, well, assuming Case Keenum is back, uh, assuming – in large part, a lot of the same returning faces on the offense and defensive side of the ball. Of course, you'll draft. Maybe you make a couple of moves in free agency. But assuming a lot of the same faces are back, what's to say that the result won't be different? What What needs to change to change that result? And that's the question. I, and I like. I know what a lot of the fans are looking for. Um Today I Vance Joseph acknowledged some of his play calls did not work out and they did not uh, give the Broncos a chance to win. That's tough. Uh, real quick, just a couple of things I wanna I wanna talk about. You mentioned Cortland Sutton and, and Demarius Thomas. They had pretty similar stat lines in this game ultimately. The Broncos did a good job kind of slowing down. Demarius Thomas, by the way, definitely not a hundred percent on uh on the playbook. There was a moment where Deshaun Watson's rolling out uh, to his right and DT's downfield blocking, where that's probably a route where he needs to be kind of looking at his quarterback instead he was uh, blocking downfield. So, I mean, he's still not 100% on the playbook. Uh, that will come with some time. But for the questions that were asked about can Cortland Sutton assume that second wide receiver role, I thought he, he did what he was supposed to. It would have been great if he could have come up with that touchdown catch down here on the uh, right corner end zone, but. Uh, That was also a good play by the DB there uh, to sort of jar jar the ball loose. But I I thought Cortland Sutton, for all the questions that came up about what what impact he's going to have in the game, I thought he did a good job.
1: Yeah, and some of the production from Demaryius Thomas that you lost was replaced by the tight ends. And, boy, if Jeff Hireman can have a game like that again... Yeah, I mean, the per-catch average maybe isn't great, but there were some key plays, and he was often making guys miss. And then you combine Matt Lacoste with that 44-yard catch with that 127 yards on 11 catches from the tight ends. That's something you can build off of, and certainly for Hireman in particular, it's a promising day for him. And you wonder what he can do the rest of the way to kind of show his value because he's going into his – contract offseason here. His rookie deal expires after this year. He's at a crucial point in his career, and if he can play well the last seven games of the season, build on this game, he becomes more valuable on the market. and Maybe the Broncos consider bringing him back with questions about Jake Budd as he tries to come back from another ACL injury. Running game wasn't what you wanted today. Not a lot of room for Phil Lindsay to operate. 17 carries, 60 yards, 22 of them on, on one play. That was an example of where the Texans were winning at the line of scrimmage because too often Philip Lindsay was seeing white jerseys in his face Mm -hmm. in the backfield.
0: Oh, yeah, and and it didn't get on track. I mean, they averaged 3.8, which is well below their season average. Texans are a good run defense, and they said, the Texans said all week, that was our goal. We got to stop the run game for the Broncos. We know that if we stop the run game, it makes them a tough. That makes them a team that that's easier to diagnose, and that's exactly what happened. Meanwhile, Case Keenum, 290 yards passing, had a touchdown, no interceptions. That's about right for Case. I mean, maybe you're throwing. Look, 42 attempts is a lot for him, and I don't. I don't think. Either of us wanted to see him throwing 42 times over the course of the game. But, you know, 250 yards passing and touchdown, maybe two touchdowns, uh, is about right for Case Keenum. Uh, the, the the problem is that they really couldn't get the run game on track to be able to, to help with time of possession, which, of course, ended up not being in their favor, something that they've actually been pretty good about over the course
1: of the season. And now you're staring down the barrel of consecutive losing seasons if you can't find a way to go. 5-2 down the stretch. You're looking at the first back-to-back losing seasons since 1971-72. And a streak that is the longest in North American professional sports, longest run of years without back-to-back losing seasons, could go by the wayside. Even if you go 4-3, and three, even if you have a better than 500 record down in the stretch, that is something the organization takes a lot of pride in. Yep. And the playoffs may be likely out of reach. Only four teams have bounced back from three and six to make the postseason in the multi-wildcard era since 1978. There are other things in play that matter for the long term for the organization, and if they have back-to-back losing seasons, man. I don't know. It's something that if you're a Bronco fan that is 50 or younger, you literally don't remember that. You haven't experienced that. It's how the other half lives.
0: It's uh, something that they're going to have to – I, I hate to say that's the goal in the second half, but you know, you're know you talking about all-time records here, and you're right. It's that. It's uh, more Super Bowl appearances than losing seasons. That's all on the line considering this is uh, the year Pat Bowling goes into the Hall of Fame. Uh, that, that would be a little bit of a, a downer mark on it. Of course, we'll celebrate that no matter what, but uh, that would be a little bit of a downer mark on it.
1: For Ryan Edwards, I'm Andrew Mason. Tough day. <laughs> Here at Broncos Stadium, Broncos lose 19-17 to the Texans. We'll have plenty more throughout the week on DenverBroncos.com, the Broncos 365 app, and of course Orange and Blue 760. You can listen to it on the radio in Denver, on the iHeart app, on the Broncos 365 app, on the Broncos site. Plenty of ways to listen. We'll be with you from 10 to 1 every weekday this week and start parsing through the wreckage of another defeat and trying to figure out where we go from here. Until next time, take care.
0: This has been another edition of Horsin' Around with Broncos insider Andrew Mason. Check out Mace on DenverBroncos.com and weekday mornings at 10 with Steve Adwater and Ryan Edwards.
1: That's how we get it done! We'll
0: see you next time on Horsin' Around.